Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15. Look at your outline there, you'll see that we're actually on contrast of the resurrection. Our resurrected bodies. The flow of this thought is verses 35 through 49. We'll have a word of prayer and then we'll read all of it, review quickly and pick it up. Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for a season that um, so many stop and think of what it is we are celebrating. What is this time? And Father, yet even with the controversies I hear, I still know that you are proclaimed. Father, I still know that eyes are opened and ears are hearing. And yet, Father, your word is going forth and it is accomplishing exactly what you set it out for. Father, as we draw to this text on the resurrection, please overwhelm us. Father, as we look at the things of this world and how strangely dim they truly are in light of the resurrection. Father, give us uh, an understanding of this. Give us a joy of the resurrection. Give us uh, an overwhelming pleasure of the magnitude that we have been redeemed to eternal life. Help us here, Father. Help us to walk worthy. Help us to embrace it. Help us to shine the light and resurrection power. The glory of the King of kings and Lord of lords. In Christ's name, amen. Let's read the word of the Lord. Verse 35. The someone will say, how are the dead raised? And with what kind of body do they come? You fool. That which you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And that which you sow, you do not sow the body which is to be, but a bare grain, perhaps wheat or something else. But God gives it a body just as he wishes. And to each of the seeds is a body of its own. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one flesh of men, one flesh of beast, another flesh of birds, and another flesh of fish. There's also heavenly bodies. And earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly is one. The glory of the earthly is another. There is one glory of the sun. Another glory of the moon. Another glory of the stars. For the star differs from the star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body. It is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. It is a natural body. There is also a spiritual body. So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spirit, Spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man is from earth, earthy. The second man is from heaven. As is the earthy, so also are those who are earthy. As is the heavenly, so also those who are heavenly. 
Just as we were born in the image of the earthly, the earthy, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. This is good stuff here, people. Okay? He's basing this text here on the two questions asked in verse 35. How are the dead raised? Question number one. And with what kind of body are they going to have? Okay? Now, this is going to be the questic of the skeptic. The skeptic is going to try to argue about it and say something silly about it. But the truth of the matter is, he says, you're a fool. He says, with your own hand, is the literal translation, with your own hand, you sow a seed. And you don't sow a plant and get a plant. You sow a seed. And then God gives it the body that it wants, that he wants. But I mean, you have to sow corn, you're going to get corn. I'm not going to sow corn and grow strawberries. Well, I might, but nobody else would. <laughs> you just never know when I plant something, what will come up. But it, no, I get weeds consistently. All right, but anyway, so that's the question that he's dealing with, and it's based on our resurrected bodies. Because you and I live in light of the resurrection. You and I live in the power of the resurrection now. It's not something I'm looking forward to. It is something that is there now. No, this is not the resurrected body. We've already tried this. We already talked about this. It gets buried into the ground and then God raises it out of the ground. And it is of the same, but it is different. Okay? I'm not going to be resurrected as a fish. I will be resurrected as a man. And we're looking at this because he showed us the form of the resurrection. And those were in verses 36 through 38. He says, you fool, won't you plant? Okay, all flesh isn't the same, but God gives it a body as he wishes. Okay, what you, you do not sow the body which is to be, but a bare grain and perhaps a wheat or something. You put it in the ground knowing that it's going to come up. You're going to put it in the ground, it's going to die. How's it raised? God raises it. And that's what he's dealing with. Then he moves into verses 39 through 44. And that's where we're at right now. Is that he looks at these contrasts of the resurrection. He's trying to give us a greater understanding of the resurrection. He gives you three contrasts and a summary statement in verse 44. Okay. And the contrasts are, are simple. And I gave you a question I closed with last week. And I want you to think about it. I'm going to bring it back up to you again. But he says, here's what we started with. In some of your translations, it will say it is corruptible. Verses 39. Verse 39. Okay? It's not the same flesh. Look what he says. But there's one flesh, men, or another of beasts, another of birds. He goes on, he says, there's heavenly bodies, there's earthly bodies, there's heavenly one is glory, and there's an earthly body that is glory, and all the rest of it. And then look what he says here. You have the glory of the sun, you have the glory of the stars, and yet the stars are even different in their glory. Then verse 42, he says, so is the resurrection of the dead. Okay? It is sown perishable. Some will say corruptible. It is sown, and, and people say, well, which is it? Perishable or corruptible? And I just say, yeah. Why? It is decaying. Okay? And he contrasts it. What you have right now is in the process of rotting. Sorry. I know you wanted to be lifted up and felt good. But let me ask you a question. Was it cold out there today? It's, that's part of the system that you're in. Okay? It's part of the system you're in. Alright? But it's perishing. The moment birth is given, guess what happens? The end is on the way. Bummer. Okay? You know what? We try. We sell creams 
in exercise and they'll, they got these things where you grind up carrots and you drink it and all the rest of it. But you know what? You still are decaying. I don't care if you sit, I don't care if you sit around and do IV V8. I don't care. Well, you do vegetables. What? You're still out of here. You're still decaying. But in the resurrection, it will be raised incorruptible, imperishable. It will not perish anymore. Last week we looked at it, it says that we were sown in dishonor. Okay, We were originally planned to be the image of God. Okay, now People like to argue this today. It says, well, we were created in His image. No, Adam was. Okay, We have a small flaw. We have scarred that image. We have marred that image. We bring dishonor to the image of God. I mean, when I see the people complaining... Uh, and protesting over the Christmas holiday. Really? And you're telling me we don't dishonor God? I mean, do you, you know, part, no, well, but people, it's just, we're giving it press. That dishonors God. Why are we even talking about it? What is the holiday? Christmas. It's a federal holiday. If you're an atheist, guess what? Thank me. You get a day off with pay. Gee whiz, people. You know what? If you don't want to celebrate the holiday, go to work. I don't have a problem. I, I don't understand that. Well, I'm protest. Well, go ahead. I don't understand that. That dishonors God. But you know what? We dishonor God. Okay, I, I, this morning in my Sunday school class, I was teaching on God's sovereign. God's sovereign over all human life or most? All. So when a person dies, why would you complain? Is he sovereign? Then the death was exactly on schedule to the nanosecond. But we dishonor God. I shared with you this thought last week when I was closing. Do you see with just those two contrasts? Why God hates our pride? That ain't rocket science. You're decaying. As, as Mary said of her brother in the tomb, you stinketh. King James translation. Okay? And yet we want to be prideful. Gee! I remember one time working up at the Pinery. That tends to be a wealthy community. And I was working on the water district working for the water district as an electrician. And they have these planes called settling ponds that they lift the wastewater up so it goes to a higher place and it falls down to the next pond and it's pumped to a higher place and then it moves its way over to the settling pond where it is treated. Okay? Uh, they have little sensors that are inside of these things that if these tanks get too full, then a second pump will turn on, a third pump will turn on, or an alarm <laughs> that says, get your bucket. Okay? Okay, this is the waste of the home. All right? And there are people out there with a lot of money who do not believe that they have problems. Okay? You pull one of these manhole covers off here, try to get that sensor out of there, then people are just like everybody else. 
Okay? I don't care. And, and you learn, working for the district, don't go and work on these holes in the morning. I'll let you ponder it. Okay? There's a lot of things that happen in the morning. Showers, dishwashers, a few other odds and ends. Okay? And when you pull that cover off of there, you're thinking, why do we have electricity in this hole? But anyway, I can think of those. And when I think about those manholes, I'm sitting there thinking, what man can think he's proud? How can you do that and say, but look at me? No, dude. No. We are corruptible. We are a dishonor. But in the resurrection, we will be imperishable, incorruptible, and we will have honor, glory. Thirdly, he says, you have weakness to power. We are so weak in this life. Okay? So weak in this life. And you know what? When I think about it, our weakness, how silly is pride? Okay? We are weak. We... We have heartache. And sometimes we have heartache over the silliest things. But that is our weakness. We have disease. We can't fulfill our dreams. We can't fulfill our desires. We have diseases. We can't overcome our limitations. We cannot overcome our weaknesses. We cannot overcome our fears. It is impossible. We don't have the ability. We struggle. And you know what? We are victimized by everything around us. Do you understand that? Do you understand that our environment victimizes us? Throw a little snow out. Watch what happens. All of a sudden we get cold or we, we're stuck or we slide off in the ditch. And all it is is a bunch of little snowflakes and his little buddies. That's all it is. If you really think about it, it's just a little frozen water. And it completely can shut us down. We are victimized by our environment. We are victimized by food. We are victimized by other people around us. And the reason is, it's our weakness. We are weak. And you know what? The ultimate view of our weakness becomes so obvious when we die. You stick us in the grave and what do we show? A weakness like no other picture. It's the ultimate and it is very obvious. It is very obvious. We can't raise ourselves out of the grave. We can't prolong lives. We try to. But I've watched people uh, in, in hospital settings uh, and in emergency situations where they die and there's nothing you're going to do to stop it. And is the ultimate weakness. And then I watch the frustration of doctors and medical professionals who sit there and says, well, we should have... What? 
That is how weak we are. Guess what? We are so weak collectively that every one of us is going to die. Every one of us will be like Lazarus in John's gospel and we will step into the profoundness of stinketh. We will be in the grave and we will decay. We will be in the grave and we will be dishonored. And anyone looking at Lazarus in that grave will not see the image of God. And one of these days, my old carcass and all of your carcasses are all going to end up in the grave and you're going to tell me, look, the image of God. No. No. Because you know what? God is not weak. But you think about it. When I read this text here, and he says, we are sown in weakness. It's, it's you're buried in the ground. Let me ask you a question. Every one of you here, I want you to think about this for just a second. What power, what strength do you or I have over the grave? None. But that body that goes into that grave will be raised in power. A little bit different than what you're used to. It will be raised to the full power of God's design for the human to possess the ultimate transformation. That is amazing when you think about that. It will be so overwhelming to us. We will, for, we will be similar to what we were going into the ground. But the truth of the matter is, we will be raised in God's power, God's glory, in absolute, total perfection. You know what? what the one that just amazes me the most is, is that we will have the power to travel all over existence, non-aided. You know what non-aided means, right? I don't need a spaceship or an airplane. And I will only be able to travel all over existence. That's fascinating. I was reading some of Luther's stuff on this. And you got to understand, Luther's trying to deal with this, and he doesn't have the computer age. Okay, he just looked up in the sky. Of course, he didn't have light pollution, but he would look up in the sky and say, dude, there's like a lot of stars up there, except he'd say it in German. And he may not say dude either. Okay, but he's going to look up there and say, there's a lot of wow up there. Okay, here's his quote. As weak. As it is now without all power and ability, as it lies in the grave, just so strong that it will eventually become when the time arrives so that not a thing will be impossible for it. If it has a mind for it and it will be so light and agile that in an instant it can float here below here on earth, or float above in heaven. Okay, now you got to understand something. Luther never took an airplane ride. 
But he had an understanding that said, you know what? It will be able to do things that I'm just going to sit here and call it light and agile. Okay? One of the elements of power, this power, in our bodies in the resurrection is that it will have the ability to cross the universe instantaneously. Okay? I don't I don't grab that. I, I really that's just sort of well um, but when I if I cross the universe and I get to heaven will I have jet lag? I mean, you know, how does that work? Okay? Why it doesn't matter. And no, you won't have it. See, the grave reveals the truth about the body. Let's be realistic. I mean, you may be uncomfortable about talking about this, but this is in this text. And, and it says that the grave proves that your body is perishable. That your body is corruptible. It decays. It proves that your body dishonors God. Listen, Adam was created in the image of God. And that grave... That is not the image of God. That grave proves that our bodies are weak. That they are frail. But the resurrection will reveal the truth of glory. The body goes in And it is sown in dishonor. It is sown in weakness. It is sown in corruption. Perishable. And yet it is raised imperishable. It is raised glorified. It is the reflection of its creator, God Almighty. And it is powerful. Amazingly powerful. I want to show you some other stuff. Here, but I want you to look at this. In verse 44, he gives us a summary. Okay? He, he's, he, these three contrasts, he, he sums it up. And basically the natural and the spiritual. If you look at it there, 44 says, It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Okay? See, now I watch people do some crazy stuff with this text. Okay, and I've heard some bizarre teaching on this text that once you die, then you get an eternal spirit based on this text. And I'm sitting there going, what? Okay, well, the problem is, is that no, <laughs> that ain't what it says. Sukkakon and nomadicon. Okay, Sukkakon soma, nomadicon soma. You feel better now. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Basically, what it's saying is, is that it is sown body that it is suited for this life. Sukkakan. Sukkakan is the natural soma body. It is works well for here. Okay. But there's nomadicon soma. That's the spiritual. And it works really good there. Alright? You don't want this body cruising around on the streets of heaven. Trust me. 
You just, you don't want it. It won't work there. Okay? But the body to that life is going to be so well adapted, it'll be as well adapted, only perfect, as my body is adapted for this life. For this time. For this place. Okay? Read what he says. It is sown a natural body. Okay? A sukkakan. It's, it works here. Alright? But it will be raised what? A spiritual body. Listen, right now we are natural. We belong to this life. These are the same phrases that he uses in 1 Corinthians 2.14. The natural man does not know the things of God. Sukukonsoma. Same word. Okay? What? That which is fleshly. That which is the here and now. We have a body that fits the present style of life. The present existence that you and I are in. And it was sown into this place. Okay? In the resurrection, we will have a body. A physical, literal body that fits that life. Listen, you don't want to try to take this body from Casarock, Colorado to the other side of existence to go to heaven. It's going to just be in bad shape when it gets here. Okay? It's going to give a whole new meaning to wore out. All right? You don't want it to go there. That's the, I will receive a resurrected body that has a kind of life, a, a new level of life, a new dimension of life, a new dimension of existence. Let me see if I can help you with this. I doubt it, but you never know. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 20, Jesus is confronted by some Sadducees. Okay? And the Sadducees did not believe in a resurrection. Okay, so they come up with this big stupid question. Um, teacher, uh, Moses says that if a man brother die having a wife and he is childless, his brother should marry the wife and raise the children. Now there were seven brothers. This is almost like one of those silly games. Anyway, um, there are seven brothers. The first took a wife and died, and then the second and the third married her in the same way. All seven died. Right there should have made these guys nervous. But anyway, um, and, and she had no children. Okay, in the resurrection, therefore, which one's wives will there be that married her? Okay. Jesus says to them. Okay. Some of your translations will say the sons of God. um, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. Okay, listen. Think about that for a second. What I just gave you. Sokakon, nomadicon. Okay. You with me so far? Okay. In this age, we do that, don't we? We marry. We are given in marriage. It is what we do. It is the normal processes of our lives. I mean, if listen, I want you to think about it. There is a spiritual gift that nobody likes to talk about. We looked at it early in this letter. It's called the spiritual gift of singleness. 
Okay, do you understand that for a man or a woman to remain single, it is supernaturally divine intervention that causes it? It is divine empowerment. You know what that means? The natural inclination is what? To marry. Okay, that's just normally what we do. It's the processes of our lives. We were created to be one, but it's weird because it takes two to be one. Okay, it's like backwards math. Alright, right? And and I mean, guys like to think that they're God and I am the man, but it says, God says, man needs a helpmate. And he gives man a woman. So how good is man? Alright? So in this natural process, what? We are given in marriage. And for all the ramifications that marriage are. But, look what Jesus says. In this age, they marry and are given into marriage. But, those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and the resurrection from the dead, do you get that? Neither marry nor are given. In marriage. In the future age, the normal process of human life has ended. And I watch people freak out on it. You mean I won't have my wife? You won't need her. Well, you won't have my husband? You won't need him. Well, but I'm thinking that it's a better plan. There's, I don't need to replicate. And you guys should be thankful that I don't need to replicate. Okay? Why? You never die and you will be equal to the sons of God or the angelics. Do you understand that? Now think about Now listen. Um, it's, it literally means to be the sons of the resurrection. Okay? In the future age, what is our normal process is a non-existent entity. It's obvious we can eat, but it's obvious we don't need to. You know what that means? That means eating is nothing but pure joy and pleasure. It's all it's for. Bummer. I try that now, but I have this level that all of a sudden I'm like, ugh, the joy just turned to pain. Right? You know, I like hot tamales for a time. And then they usually seek the revenge on me. Right? There's things I like to eat. I like to eat onions. My wife hates it when I eat onions. She just, she just don't understand it sometimes. In the resurrection, the whole kind of existence is changed. Okay? We will be as the angels. Think about it. The angels are only going to and fro from earth to heaven. Try that. Just give her a shot. See how he comes out on that. Okay? I shot an arrow into there. Darn. Okay, it's going to be different. Now, listen, when you think about angels, it doesn't mean we have all gold hair and robes and wings. That's not why you can't get that out of the Bible. 
All right. But we will have the ability, we will be suited for a level of existence that you and I don't really have a handle on. Okay, I still struggle with how do I get across space by holding my breath? Because there ain't no air out there. And I'm just like, boom, here we go. I'm thinking I probably don't need to have to worry about that, huh? What do you think? What do you think? As the angels are suited for the existence they have, we will have a body that will be suited for that same existence. That's what he's getting at here. I watch people freak out. Oh my goodness. I mean, I'll never have my wife and she'll be, and she'll be happy that she's not your wife. Trust me. Okay. She will. She will. And you know, I hear people saying, well, but there's, there's pleasure in sex. Oh, there won't be any pleasure in heaven. Darn. What are we doing? That is the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. Well, I won't have a woman. Oh, gee whiz. Stay here. (laughs) I don't have a problem. You you think it's that important? Stay here. I'm out of here. Why, I still want to know how to get across space without holding my breath. I have little things in my life that, oh, that'd be kind of cool, I think. We all have like aqualungs or what? Just cruising through heaven and hurry because I'm running out of air. But anyway, please understand, we don't have golden hair. We don't all look feminine. We don't have wings and we're not wearing robes. All right? (laughs) Amen. Okay? But we will be suited for that level of existence. So shall we be. Listen, people ask me, what will our resurrected body be like? And I will say, look how the angels go and come. That's what our resurrected bodies will be like. Okay, now if you've got that all figured out, then you got no worries. I don't know how they go and come. I think they do the beam me up, Scotty. And they just have a really good one. I think this is exciting. And you know the main reason I think this is exciting? This is purely my perspective. Life is so short. Okay? And if you're truly honest with yourself, it gets shorter every moment. And what do you have to look forward to? Now, you can sit around and think about your 401k, your retirement, and I want to do this and I want to do that. Or you can say, dude, I can go to and fro like angels. (laughs) Figure it out. Figure it out. Listen, all I know is that I look at creation. And I think, man... No two living anythings are a duplicate. No two blades of grass, no two 
crows, no two elk, no two people. Nothing is identical. That was God's plan. So, what is God's plan for this new level of existence in the heavenlies? That's a fascinating thought. So look, look back at your text and we'll close with this thought because I want you to think about this because there's two tracks that I definitely love on this. One is when I read through this text, how stinketh must our pride be to God? I mean, that aroma has got to be worse than those manhole covers up in the pinery. (laughs) Well, maybe not. That one morning, I was broken that thought, dude. This here's got putrid down to an art. Um, but there's the natural and there's the spiritual. Both bodies and the spiritual will be something new. And the two are yet completely different. And yet they are sown Together. I can't grab that. I can't grab that. See, you have the Greeks saying that you die and you just get absorbed in the force. Okay? You have the rabbis saying, well, gee, when he crickets, why do I want to be resurrected in this old carcass? I mean, you know, it's got bad knee and bad hip and this, that, and the other. And yet Paul says it's going to be different. But there will be a resurrection. And yet, the awesomeness of God is, in the sense the plant is related to the seed, it will still have the connection. It's, 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 it's the simplest statement that you'll ever see in the Scriptures. On the Mount of the Transfiguration, there stood Moses and Elijah. How did they know? How did the disciples know? Well, that picture I see of Moses, I don't remember his hair being that long. Why didn't he look like Charlton Heston? How did they know? Because it was sown and raised. And God says, look, Tell a difference. I don't know how he knew. You know, well, he had a name. Hello, my name is Moses. And my name's Elijah. <laughs> he said, What? Everybody's <laughs> name tags. Everybody knows you got name tags in heaven. No, you get to heaven, you go back to First uh, Corinthians 13. What will happen? You will know as you are known. Okay? I don't really know how that works. I will know God as God knows me. Okay. <laughs> that's going to be like a crash course, huh? You know, that's, there ain't a test on this, is there? Listen, please understand this. When we think about it, the contrasts and the forms of the resurrection, it will be sown as the seed is related to the plant. But it's going to be raised different and it'll be raised to God's will. Okay? And if you want just a brief glimpse of it, 
You can think of it from these two several perspectives. You watched, well, three, I'll give you, um, on Mount Ereba. Jesus was standing there saying, go. And I shall return as I leave. And he just went right straight up. Okay. And they all stood there and went, oh, let's just wait and see how long. Anyway. Um, or you can think about Christ on the cross. And he told the thief who believed what? Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Or you can use Jesus' illustrations that the angelic host is not given in marriage. Why? See, the angels are imperishable. They don't die. Okay? That's first and foremost. They can't die again. It's impossible. All right? But they go to and fro from heaven and earth. And our resurrected bodies will be able to go to and fro from heaven and earth. Okay? It's really not that hard to understand now, is it? It will be the same, but completely different. Okay? And only God pulls that off. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you that, Lord, as we here live in in the temporal May we long for the resurrection. And yet, Father, may we as our Lord and our Savior leads us be busy about your work. Father, we look around. There's times it seems so chaotic. There's times it's so heartbreaking. Uh, So, Father, there's so so much uh, turmoil. And yet, Lord, it is right on schedule to your glory and to your praise. And yet, Father, we rest in the assurance that what you have planned will come to be. What you have spoken will happen. And we rest in that assurance. Father, to think that we, in our frailness, our sinfulness, the dishonor that we are, the weakness that we are, uh, Father, the, the perishable that we are, that you reached down and redeemed us. That we would be children of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And the Father, your favor is upon us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the amazement of our existence. But Father, I thank you for the amazement of the existence to come. To your glory and praise. Amen.